This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good afternoon. You're now listening to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kanison. Trust is an incredibly important part for a business to succeed. Among other things, you need trust for your customers to, well, trust you to buy your products and also for your employees that trust you so that they stay with you and keep performing at their jobs. Today on the show, we're going to explore the key pillars of building trust and how it differs between stakeholders uh, of your company. Helping me with this conversation is Pauline Ho, the Building Trust Program Sponsor and Assurance Partner for PwC Malaysia. Pauline, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good afternoon, Roshan. Thanks for having me on the show. Great to have you on. Um, before we get into the topic of trust and the awards, Pauline, maybe you could start by giving us a bit of a sense of um, what you do as an assurance partner and how that relates to building trust. Yeah. A lot of people actually think about assurance as audit. Yeah. Right? That is one part of assurance, definitely. But other than that, if you think about assurance, it's really akin to helping a company build trust, right? So if we were to give some assurance on your financial results, then the company is able to provide that comfort to the stakeholders that use their financial statements and say that, you know, it's been assured by an independent party. Similarly now, uh, more and more, we have sustainability-related data or non-financial data. You would expect that, you know, stakeholders who rely on such data would want an independent assurance. And that's what we do, right? Basically, we can provide comfort over both financial and non-financial data and even processes as well, right? So within our assurance practice, we have risk services that look at IT assurance, right? Or your cybersecurity assurance, whether you know that you have enough controls to help detect if there is any untoward uh, attempts to get into your network, for instance. So it's a third party coming in to give some assurance that you are doing the correct things, whether it's the processes with your cybersecurity or that you're doing the uh, audit or accounting the correct way. So, and with all that, you help build trust. So over the longer term. Now, the PwC Malaysia Building Trust Awards returns this year, Pauline. Uh, and obviously, the, the what these awards do is they help to recognize and celebrate Malaysian companies that are making efforts to build trust with stakeholders. After eight years of having these awards, give us a sense of how the concept of trust has evolved over time. Because I'm guessing that trust eight years ago and trust today, quite different. You're absolutely right, Roshan. So as you rightly pointed out, we started the Building Trust Awards in 2015, right? It's uh, some time back and obviously levels of public trust do fluctuate mm-hmm. over time. But one thing that we have noticed, and this is referring to the element uh, trust barometer, over the years is that, you know, trust in business has progressively improved, right? Whilst trust in uh, government and NGOs, not so much, right? So that's why we believe that it's important for businesses to actually take the lead to demonstrate that they're building trust with their stakeholders. So the pandemic as well uh, has brought to the forefront that value and purpose is shaping societal behaviours. And this impacts who the society at large actually trusts from an organisation standpoint. So from a business perspective, they have to rethink their customer employee experience, as you have highlighted earlier, right? And there's also their obligations to investors and, you know, actually tell everyone why they exist, right? And that's why our approach to the awards also has evolved over the period of time. And we are looking at companies that are making the most efforts to build trust, right? 
as I mentioned, the trust levels fluctuate over time. So it is important for us to recognise that, you know, the impact of decisions made by every business, by every leaders of the business would have you know, impact to hmm. the level of trust that they will get from the different stakeholders. And that's why we always focus on saying that it's not about the most trustworthy organisation. It's a continuous effort or uh, journey to build trust. And if it goes down, if you take actions to help remediate, and if you have a reservoir of trust in the past that you can tap onto, it's easier for you to bounce back and gain back the trust. Interesting. So I guess in a way, trust never sleeps, right? You've got to keep maintaining it and uh, building it but the bigger your reservoir the more likely you are to maybe get a bit of what's the word I'm looking for here Uh, some goodwill should something happen and then you can recover from that Uh, some interesting insights you pointed out there including the fact that trust in business has has increased whilst trust in governments have uh, decreased which is something I think we're seeing not just within country but across countries as well Uh, before we get into some of the key pillars of building trust uh, I'm quite curious because given how trust has evolved over time uh, in relation to the awards how has the judging criteria changed over the years yeah so we have always taken an approach that it must be an independent mm-hmm. award right so in starting with independence we actually do not accept any nominations or submissions by companies right what we do is we look at a specific group of companies. In the past, we started with FBM KLCI, which is the top 30 companies on Bursa, Malaysia. But we wanted to broaden yeah, uh, the discussion. Yeah, because that's a narrow list of companies, right? That's right, that's right. So then we expanded it to FBM Mid-70 as well in 2021 because, you know, as I've said, you know, everyone needs to work towards building trust. Mm-hmm. So it's important to broaden the conversation. And then you also look at public perception. Right, it's important to not only hear one-dimensional conversation from the companies themselves. You know, the public perception itself. We have used technology to, you know, gain or I guess gather the information around public perception. We have started that in 2015, but as technology improves, we also refine our methodology and expand our social listening to measure these perceptions. So. We use our AI-assisted social listening approach in order to do this. I'll explain a bit more later. Of course, when we, we talk have to include AI in this conversation. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know, you, you have to employ technology in order to yeah. help you get better insights, right? We also began our collaboration with Asia School of Business in 2021 to measure employee trust perception, huh. right? It's important to look internally as well. Sometimes there is an external communication, right, to help build trust with the external stakeholders. But internal stakeholders, do they actually align in terms of values with the companies, with the colleagues, with the leaders? We thought that was an important element and we added that dimension. And then, of course, within corporate reporting itself, which has always been a component, we started with using integrated reporting framework to sort of consider how a company is creating value over the short, medium and long term, right? Just not looking at short-term uh, profitability. But, you know, sustainability is also now a mm. big, you know, conversation piece and it's really affecting us, right? And affecting value of companies as well. So in order to expand the data point, we added ESG or sustainability component in 2021. And, you know, so it's like various data points that uh, we keep adding and refining the methodology to make sure that, you know, it really reflects the changing needs, the changing times and the changing view of trust. Yeah. I know you, you mentioned a few data points here yeah. um, and that you were doing things like social listening, you had AI tools as well. 
could you maybe give us a little bit of a sense about how you or how PwC determines the perception of companies and collects information with regards to trust? How, how is this information collected? What's the methodology behind all these uh, pollings or surveys? Okay. So with regards to the online listening that mm-hmm. we talked about using the AI-assisted tool, we actually have three elements within PwC's trust analytics framework. And those are the three elements are capability, responsibility, and transparency, right? So based on the conversations that we gather online that is not company-generated, right? We want to hear perception from the public, which includes potentially their customers, employees, or the society at large, right? So based on those conversations, we will determine whether they are talking about a company in a positive way, in a negative way, or in a neutral way around capability, which is whether the company is meeting stakeholder expectations consistently, so delivering on its promises and so on. And then in terms of responsibility, which is connected to capability, is looking at the efforts that the company is doing or making uh, to create long-term value, right? And the transparency bit, obviously, as a you know, the word suggests is about whether the actions that the company is doing or taking is observable by the stakeholders and the public and they are transparent about it, whether it's good or bad. You know, it's about balanced reporting as well, right? So, of course, then we top it up with the success of the company's trust-building efforts on leadership, right? Hence the element of leadership that we want to measure both internally and externally through the survey. Now, obviously, the big question that people want to know is... uh, we understand that trust is incredibly important. So what are the key pillars of building trust with many the, with the many stakeholders that businesses have? Well, we'll dive into that in a few minutes, Pauline. We're going into a few messages. Folks, I've been speaking with Pauline Ho, the Building Trust Program Sponsor and Assurance Partner for PwC Malaysia. This is Enterprise Biz Bites. We'll be back with more in just a few minutes. I'm Rushan Kanesan. Keep it here at BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Buggy Free Minum, BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. Hey folks, welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kanison and this afternoon I've been speaking with Pauline Ho, the Building Trust Program Sponsor and Assurance Partner for PwC Malaysia. And we've been talking about trust or at least the trust building process when it comes to businesses. Pauline, earlier we talked earlier we talked a little bit about how trust has evolved over time and how the judging criteria for the PwC's building trust award has changed also. Things like you've expanded the pool, uh, you've updated the criteria to include sustainability elements as well. So it's not just about profit making at the end of it. As I mentioned earlier, trust is incredibly important for businesses to succeed. Um, what are the key pillars of building trust with the many stakeholders that businesses have? So when we talk about different stakeholders, of course, we have some research to back that up. And when we look at our research into trust recently, there were some interesting insights. When we look at specifically on ESG considerations, the customers and employees actually pay close attention to behaviours that impact their lives Hmm. personally, right? So for example, you know, they consider how companies treat their employees from a safety, well-being perspective as very important and also delivering sustainable products and doing good in the communities that they operate in. So, you know, this is, you know, very important to the customers and employees based on the survey that we have done. On the other hand, when we look at investors and what is important to them, uh, we found that, you know, governance aspects of ESG, such as how companies manage their carbon emissions, 
are they uh, treating their workers right from a labour rights perspective? You know, those are important measures. And that's why the investors and finance providers normally uh, consider this as important. And they said so in the PwC's 2022 survey on ESG investing. Right. So we find that given all these data points, it actually shapes how the companies behave as well to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about how the stakeholders are important to the companies and for those important stakeholders, companies need to be able to attract them. Right. Either from uh, an investing perspective, whether they provide finance to you or whether you're able to uh, attract the customers and the employees right, to work with you to deliver your objectives. Right. So we also find that alignment of behavior is important. I talked briefly about that, you know, just now when we, when I mentioned about the ASP survey. So an important or interesting thing that we found is that, you know, when uh, we researched, we found that 51% of the employees agree that they, are, they often or usually feel aligned with their company's values. Mm. Yeah. So this is based on the June 2023 Asia Pacific Workforce Hopes and Fears Survey. But on the other hand, when we ask the CEOs, <laughs> right, uh, whether the CEOs are aligned, the CEOs sort of agree as well. But uh, the CEOs, 80% of the CEOs polled found that uh, the behaviours of their employees are aligned to the company's values and directions. So the CEO thinks that the company's employees are more aligned than the, how and the employees personally felt. <laughs> so a little yeah. bit more, um, uh, how do I put this? There's a little bit more weight towards their perception of uh, employee alignment. Mm. So that, that's quite interesting, Pauline. Any, yeah. any other stats did you have? Uh, yeah, so that's why, you know, back to the awards methodology, right? That's why we felt that it's important to get different information or, or insights, right? Because, you know, if you look at just one dimension, mm. you will get perhaps a very different answer as compared to putting a, a bit lot skewed, of different... A huh? Yeah. <laughs> So how does trust building then differ between the different stakeholders? I know this is a bit of a loaded question and quite a wide one as well. Mm. So maybe just focus on some of the key areas then. Yeah, so I think the the step towards building trust is, I believe, is the same, right? Despite having different stakeholders. The reason why I say that is because you firstly must define what trust means to your company. Right, you must be very clear on your objectives. I mean, a lot of people talk about energy transition right now. So, for energy and utility company, it may be looking at you know how to find alternative energy sources that are more reliable, but at the same time affordable, mm-hmm. right? Because we, yeah, whilst we want to support the nation's net zero aspirations, we have to take into consideration how many people will be able to afford electricity because it's a basic necessity. You don't right? want people to start, you know, losing trust in the. Uh, energy transition and then, you know, not having confidence that it will suit their own lifestyles as well, I presume. Yeah, that's one, right? The As I mentioned, it's about define, uh, defining it. Secondly, is that, you know, a company need to stay agile and adapt the plan uh, to address customers' changing needs and also the various stakeholders that they feel are important and material to them. So in this case, you know, things change very fast nowadays, right? <laughs> when the pandemic happened, you know, within a couple of days, you know, the whole world sort of shut down and we had to adapt. So I'm not saying that another pandemic will come, but we need to be agile enough to be able to, to tweak the plan as we go along. Of course, you know, what is the, the clear goal at the end, right, is, is there, but, you know, you need to adjust the plan as things change. Thirdly, communicate early and transparently uh, to all stakeholders that are relevant because, you know, when we communicate transparently, I really mean that, you know, there are things that, is done right and we are on track and there are things that you need to tweak as we go along and perhaps didn't quite go according to plan. I think when something happens, 
crisis, you know, happens to all businesses. And, you know, we read about data leaks all the time. <laughs> How a company respond to it actually yeah. may gather more you know, trust from the, your customers or your stakeholders as compared to saying clearly that, oh, it's, it didn't happen to us. You know, when clearly, you know, at this day and age, with all the kind of information that you can get online, it's clear that it mm. probably happened to them. And finally, measure the, those efforts, you know, whether internally or externally through surveys to, you know, customer feedback and so on or with your various stakeholders as well. I think that is important. So, you know, knowing that trust levels change uh, constantly, so that's why it's good to get the feedback so that you know whether there are things that need to be adjusted along the way. So what key lessons or common denominators that have been observed over the years of conducting the awards that all companies should then be aware of when it comes to building and maintaining trust with key shareholders? I think in terms of consistency in behaviour is important, right? So if a company sets out a particular objective, you don't keep changing it every so often, right? So as I mentioned, ability to adapt and change plans, yes, but the goal should be what you define and uh. start with, you know. So for example, I, I think, uh, I guess, and a close Example that's close to my heart. PwC's purpose is to build trust in society and solve important problems. So if you always go back to, are we in providing our services to our clients, helping them uh, to either build trust or helping them get the, the outcomes or solve the problems that they are facing, then we are achieving the ultimate objective. How we go about it in terms of the range of services may change over time because it depends on relevance to our clients. Right. So at the moment, ESG is a big item that everyone is focusing on. Are companies getting enough support from an ESG strategy perspective? How can you embed that within your business strategy and not take it as a separate, let's do good for society? It's not it. It's about how you can ensure that your business is sustainable over the long run so that you can continue to employ people, <laughs> right? You can continue to supply or provide services Keep to your going. customers, right? It's about longevity of the company. It's not about doing good necessarily, yeah. Now, we understand that the... Now, I understand that the trust-building efforts of businesses are assessed from two perspectives uh, when it comes to the Building Trust Awards. One of them includes what companies are saying about themselves through annual reports. What does this entail, Pauline, and why does it matter? Yeah, so I mentioned about the original uh, shortlisting criteria, right? Yeah. So uh, we assess the corporate reporting after we have um, shortlisted the companies through the FBM KLCI and the Mid-70 Index. So what we do is we first obtain the social listening results and using our trust analytics framework, remember we categorize them yeah. and have a trust profile for all the companies. So from there, we come up with 15 of each category. And from that 15, then we will look at the corporate reporting quality. So the annual report through using the integrated reporting framework, because we believe that that framework is a good base for us to assess whether the company is thinking about longer term and about creating value with its various stakeholders. Mm. And then, of course, there is a sustainability dimension, as I mentioned. In the beginning, we actually put it as a additional information. Then our independent panel of judges say that actually this is very critical. <laughs> next year you know, or next time when you have the award, you know, if a company does not do well in that space, I don't think we should give an award and therefore it has become mandatory. So the annual report and the sustainability report is basically a reflection of what the company is saying out there, communicating out there in terms of what they're doing 
while the public perception part is to validate whether what they're saying is actually happening. So those are the two angles there. One, you look at how companies are talking about themselves and assessing whether, one, they're saying uh, what they should be saying and maybe also assessing transparency and all those things as well. And honesty, probably part of that equation as well, hopefully. And then the second perspective is then reconciling that with public perception, which, as we mentioned earlier, you're using social listening tools as well as other AI tools, uh, as well as an AI tool to kind of see what employees are saying, what are they thinking, as well as the public. So maybe we can dive a little further into that second part of that equation. So the second perspective includes how stakeholders, we're talking about employees and wider public, perceive these companies that are vying for those awards or have been selected or shortlisted. So this is quite wide and incredibly subjective. So how do you go about quantifying this? Yeah, so the maybe I explain a bit about the survey because sure. I don't think I've uh, talked uh, about the survey um, as much. So the social listening part is an, an AI tool, but over and above that, right now we are running a poll right, to the public. And basically anyone can go to plioc.com backslash my and uh, you will be able to take the survey. So we ensure that there is no ballot stuffing. You know, you can't get all the shortlisted <laughs> companies to have their 15,000 employees go in and vote yes for their companies, right? So each IP can only log in once and we randomly generate five company names for you to actually answer or respond oh. to. Yeah, so you can't say that I only want to talk about you know, company A that is in the shortlist. So there's a bit of random sampling as yes, well in this. that's right. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, so that, that is one of the ways that when we design the survey, is it, we want to make sure that it is independent, right? So with all these various data points that we have, we have a panel of independent judges. So this year, we are very lucky to have three very, very strong judges who have the right professional backgrounds, very diverse, and they definitely advocate trust within their own circles. So we have Sir David Tweedy, past chairman, Board of Trustees, International Valuation Standards Council, so, Tan Sri Dr. Jamila Mahmood, Executive Director, Sunway Centre for Planetary Health, Sunway University, and Datuk Muhammad Umar Swift, CEO of Bursa Malaysia Berhad. Right. So, we will present the data points to these three judges, and then they will decide right, whether there will be one winner, three winners. You know, they will have a discussion around uh, amongst themselves based on the data points that we present. Right. So, I have been, you know, uh, sponsoring this program for a couple of years, as you are aware. And the judging, whilst we have different independent judges throughout the years, the discussion is really very robust. And I learned a lot from those <laughs> conversations. And one thing the judges always tell me when I go through our judging pack with them beforehand is that, wow, this is like a huge research document that I have to read <laughs> beforehand in order to go for the judging session because, you know, we provide quite a lot of different dimensions so that they can do the best of the you know, for us to our best of ability give enough input so that they can then have a discussion and make the decisions based on their view yeah I guess they have to have as much information as they can to make the best decision that they can make right yes that's right so speaking of data, uh, Pauline, as we wrap up this conversation, back in March, PwC conducted a survey around leadership trust and whether business owners are aligned with their customers and employees in their views on trust. Uh, can you break down the results of the survey and what it implies? I think earlier you talked a little bit about some of the data points, including CEOs think that 80% of employees are aligned with the companies, while only 51% of employees think that similar thing, right? So tell us a little bit more about this particular survey and some of the results from it. Yeah, so that particular survey actually revealed that capability and responsibility, the two elements that I talked about from a, our trust analytics framework, were the most value attributes of a company, 
right? So the members of the public who responded, both from a customer and employee perspective, 76% actually wanted companies to deliver a consistent customer experience and 57% wanted companies to treat them well as employees, hmm. right? So, you know, the, the focus is right if you think about how companies actually do interact with two very important segments to make their business viable. And... Um, it is not something that is peculiar to Malaysia when we compare against the respondents to a 2022 Trust in Business Survey conduct, conducted by our US counterparts. It reveals similar trends, right? So um, companies do go about achieving trust uh, based on what customers and employees expect to see, but it may they may um, you know a- attempt it differently, slightly differently. So and we also ask whether you know the trust building efforts should be top down huh. or bottom up, right? So. 75% of the employee surveys feel that trust should be driven top-down. And when we interview CEOs as part of this survey, they also generally agree. But they did feel that those organizations that are very geographically di- uh, dispersed, mm-hmm. right? It's not so easy to always be top-down, top down. right? So they feel that the trust culture that gels with the market culture, you know, the con- market conditions is more important. So that may require some bottom-up approach. But the most important thing is the common organisation values or holds it all together, right? So, you know, it, it really depends on the situation, although generally the expectation is that there would be a, a very strong top-down approach to things. And of course, we also felt that there are concerns from customers and employees that CEOs are worried about. Technology, advancements, labours and skills shortage, I'm sure you've yeah. heard in most CEO survey, right? From the CEO perspective, is really looking at how to ensure they don't have disruption in supply chain, continue talent growth, right, in their organisation so that mm-hmm. they continue to grow. On the employee front, they're looking at employers to upskill them. Right, you know, a lot of people are thinking about, you know, with the in improvement in AI, right, yes. and technology, right, will they be actually out of a job? So the expectation is that, you know, hey, uh, a company that I'm, you know, you're my employer, can you do something to help me upskill because they are willing to? Yeah, don't right? let Skynet come and take my job, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess that that is, you know, a, a bit about the survey. Uh, you can read more about it from our websites. Yeah. All right, Pauline, um, thank you so much for your time today. This was a really insightful conversation. Thank you, Roshan. I was speaking with Pauline Ho, the Building Trust Program Sponsor and Assurance Partner for PwC Malaysia. If you miss any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just search up Enterprise Biz Bites. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay that's happening after the 1pm news bulletin. I'm Roshan Kanesan. This has been Enterprise Biz Bites. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.